Hello, I'm Russell Howard, and this is Wonderbox. The Wonderbox is a place where you keep the things that remind you of the stuff you adore. So I thought it would be cool to do a podcast where I ask some people what they put in their Wonderbox and have a chat about the most amazing moments of their lives. My guest today is one of Britain's best-loved musicians. He became well-known for his TikTok videos during lockdown and in no time found himself representing the UK at Eurovision in 2022. His debut album, There's Nothing But Spaceman, went straight to number one in the charts. This is Sam Ryder's Wonderbox. So, I'm here. We'll all say hello. Let's do it like that. Uh, I'm Russell Howard. You are Sam Ryder. Hello, I am. You are Dan Atkinson. Uh, hello. You're the producer, <laughs> and we're going to chat about things you adore, essentially. That's the point. I've just noticed for the first time, you have a fantastic scar. Uh, mate, uh, my forehead is like a, an old humpback whale. It's wonderful. It, I've got scars everywhere on this forehead, and it's, it's a big he- forehead, too. Yeah, there's a lot to aim at. just got a new one uh, oh, no. a couple of weeks ago. It's actually made my face a bit more symmetrical, funnily enough, and this new scar. It's <laughs> a wonky old head I've got. Isn't it funny when that happens? Because my, my dad fell 14 foot off a tree recently and had to have kind of like his, his skull reconstructed. Oh, gosh. But then they had to pull everything back. So he looks great. <laughs> like, but do you know what I mean? He's he got through it. He's absolutely fine. But now he just looks like he's been a turkey. Um, and my mum is livid because she's trying to measure up how, how far People can she People are starting fall. to give him second glances in the yeah. street. Well, he looks like Benjamin Button and she's walking around. And she aged a decade because she thought he was going to die. Yeah. So it's, it's been, but it looks what you've got a sort of air of like a real Viking Harry Potter. It's beautiful. But like, Mate, thank you. How, how did you get that? Sorry. Um, no, no, not too much. Really traumatic. No, no, no. <laughs> it's um, it was actually by playing bulldog, so definitely not traumatic. Wow, um, that is a very British yeah. injury, isn't it? Being bulldog champion of my time, I yeah. was. <laughs> Who were you playing bulldog with? Someone um, with an axe? Yeah, someone with a hammer for a head. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a childhood injury? Yes, I was in. I was in primary school, wow. which is pretty bonkers because the size of this scar, what? Yeah, like, man. I don't know, an inch and a half or something like that. Yeah. Um, on a little kid's head. Is pretty. I mean, it was a whack. But the cool thing is that the guy that I ran into, Dan, he was called. He still is. He's still alive yeah. and he's still there. He did not Yeah. <laughs> Killed him during Bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a scar as well. So we have matching scars. Oh my We're just God. running around the playground, looking over our shoulders, and then bang, bang. straight into each and other. So, and are you still pals? Um, no, but I'm blaming him for my ginger beard because he was bright ginger. Wow, you know, so you think like, and I've got so- blonde hair, and, and yeah, I think I got some ginger through the uh, the transaction and the exchange, you know. But you can see my hair, like, just it goes blonde, 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 and then it goes nah, it's ginger now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's I'm the bonkers. So I've always been sort of blonde, brown, and then ginger. Yeah, and then what starts happening the older you get, a little bit of grey kind of comes in. Mm-hmm. So you have that real combo of kind yeah. of ginger bit and like fierce. But we've probably got exactly the same. Yeah, I reckon. Of like fierce ginger. But yeah, like the, actual flame. When the grey comes in, it's, it's all right. I think it's cool. Chris Evans has got it good, actually. His yes. hair's gone that, like, white. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to those years where I'm on a surfboard. Hopefully I'm good at surfing at this point. Just long, silver hair. Oh. And um, you're, I mean, you're going to get that facelift that your dad did as well. <laughs> but you're going to be a f- phenomenal kind of, uh, I don't know if you've got siblings, but, like, you'd be a great uncle. Yes, I'm an uncle, actually, at the moment. But you must be a ridiculously good yeah, uncle. Yeah, I, I love it. I love being an uncle. And do you have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. And presumably they can't compete. 
<laughs> because I mean, do you know what I mean? If I had an option, it's going to go. She could hang out with Uncle Sam yeah. or, or Auntie Sue. Like, but do, do you? Because um, you know what I mean. I imagine mm. you're fun to hang out with. I can't. I Im- just yeah. I I love it. Like I find a certain weird um, joy in tormenting my nephews and and just I don't know messing about. Yeah. It's hard to explain what that is, but. Um, yeah, I think I'm just a, a bit of a pain in the ass, actually. But, so what we want to do is we're going to put things that you adore into this sort of fictitious box. What's the first thing? Um, I'm going to put a Formula One car. Okay, in that's interesting. First. Why why a Formula One car? I love Formula One, and it brings back a, a particular car. It'd be like a, a Williams, like Damon Hill's Williams. Yes. Around sort of in the, the mid-90s. Yeah. I'm going to put that in a box because that memory of me... And my family, like, camping in my dad's joinery van. Yeah. Like, going down to Silverstone and spending the weekend, like, with camp chairs and decking out the van so we could all sleep in there and watching the race is just a gorgeous memory. So that's incredible because I saw footage of you where you were on the... What what do they call it? The grid. The grid, that's right. And um, uh, you were chatting away and clearly really enjoying yourself. (laughs) Like a golden retriever. Yeah. Galloping around the cars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's so cool that so you would have been there. You'd have been at that yeah. race irrespective of your sort of status. Well, yeah, when I was a kid, certainly, um, we'd go and just, I remember just sitting on a grassy hill next to the fence. Like, it was a lot... Di- the, wow, the sports you, like JFK's killers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd open this case, right? And <laughs> <laughs> what is sure the, the scope would... <laughs> what is the thing? What Because it's it seems so... Far, I've never seen it live. Yeah, you um, should, I think, even yeah. if you're not like... It's such a like a thrill. But what is it? Is it just the the chaotic speed that they're going at and you're just in awe of them? What is the I thing? think for me, it's actually a lot of what's going on behind the scenes, like the strategy. And I find like loads to enjoy walking down the pit garages. Yeah. And certainly that's a real privilege because as a fan of the sport growing up, you never really got to see a lot of that. Like, yeah. I, I, like I said, I was at the looking through the fence. Also, it's my first ever memory as a, as a kid of being near like famous people, I right. guess, people that I'd watch on the telly and then see in real life. That's my first experience, like seeing Damon Hill, like seeing those people on TV to then seeing them in, in the flesh and yeah. trying to like hold your hat out to get it signed by one of the drivers yeah. walking past. And and it's quite magic. And now to experience it behind that sort of velvet rope now. So have you, have you met Damon Hill? I have. And yeah. what is that like? Really cool because yeah. I never expect anyone to... It'd be really uh, presumptuous and, and egotistical and, and actually psychopathic to ever meet anyone that, and you expect them to know you. But he came up and he said, uh, like your voice. Oh, and uh, wow. he'd seen me sing and, and do bits and followed some of my videos. And oh, so it was really cool. And yeah. I was like, man, I, that just means so much because I wanted to come and say hello to you anyway. But see, the thing I think of instantly with this, it's such a British disease, isn't it? I think yeah. When you... You sort of see somebody that you adore and you kind of go, oh, God, I better not go over there and say hello yeah. because it, it'll think I'm a dick. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. you end up sat in the corner. And then the problem is that shyness and arrogance look exactly the same. Totally. So you sort of like yeah. this. I remember talking to a friend of mine who's a musician as well. And it was that thing of like, I really liked his song. And you, you're trying to pluck up the courage to go over, but then your brain's like, mate, don't. We talk about it. We think you're a knobhead. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 so yeah. it's this weird, the very fact that Damon Hill comes to you Oh, heaven. 
Do have you ever been in a Formula One car? No, I'd love to. Have I, you watched the Senna documentary? Yes. I mean, that is amazing. The bit when he wins the race, even though he can't move his arm, mm-hmm. and then lifts the trophy up. Yep. It's incredible. I mean, like, depending on who your favorite drivers are, for me, like, Lewis is, is a real inspiration, I think. Not just, like, his, like, ability on track, but what he stands for off track. And mm. also, it's really easy to be graceful and a force for positivity when you're winning, mm. I find. Mm. But it's, it's not as easy when you're losing. And I find it so interesting to see how someone... Um, like Lewis is so inspiring to to young kids to remind people that you don't have to win to actually win. You know, you you can and and that was a lot of the inspiration we took to to Eurovision as well. Actually. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what my my point is, um, no matter what sport you're into, to really enjoy the fact that we're getting to see on a weekly basis most of the time legends mm, mm. like perform at the highest level of mm. the sport, and in you know decades to come we'll look back at this and be like you're alive you got to watch races it's like me chatting to people that got to see freddie mercury sing i'm just immediately like tell me everything about it what was the show like what was, yeah i want to like i want to feel like i was there did you go to the sotheby's exhibition no is that was that yesterday or still today? on it's still today. yeah still on. like yeah. i i went i was off how was it incredible and and i'm i'm a fan of his my wife's a huge mm. fan of uh, of queen but you, like handwritten lyrics, wow. kimonos he used to give friends. Yeah. Like he had lots of phones. He's got a, a moustache brush. Um, there's a throne that he wore, every costume that he wore ever. Wow. You know, so it's if like, I feel a bit bad actually because I'm a fan, but yeah. like real super fans were losing their mind, as you would. And then the mad thing is, Freddie Mercury didn't want anything to be in a museum. Okay. He was, there's a big quote on it that says, if I ever leave Britain, the thing I'll miss most is Sotheby's because he was a massive collector. So it's this perfect, beautiful thing where he's got all these things he's collected that are going to kind of drift out into the world. So somebody in Dagenham is going to own his moustache brush. There's something beautiful, like like he's, he's scattered yeah, his ashes and his memories and his lyrics are gonna yeah. just drift all over the world. It's cool. Like atoms just dispersing. Yeah, it's um, really sweet. Yeah, it must be a, a conflicting feeling. Like certainly a lot of emotion for well, friends and family and bandmates and stuff. And it's like also that, that thing it? where you go, oh man, he's not here. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's kind of like this hub of belongings that mm. the only tangible thing left of a person, besides you know, if, if we're just speaking about the physical, not the spirit that remains, but the that those tangible physical things being dispersed, it's kind of a reminder, oh gosh, you know. Yeah. But you have to find um, the beauty in it. Yeah, man, I love it. So what's the next thing? Uh, next thing, ZZs. <laughs> okay, so it's a real twist. Yeah. Uh, so we've uh, we've gone from Formula One to uh, a um, a nice chain Italian yes. restaurant. Yeah. Nice. Feels like home. What what is it about um, the culinary delights of ZZ's that, well, that gets you off? It was my first date, so a little bit of a soft one here okay. for um, me and my partner. We've been together twelve years, yeah. and it's where we went together on our first date. That's so lovely. I thought I just. Um, chuck something like that into the mix if that's okay. Mate, more than okay. Did you choose the restaurant? I did. Um, did you know? I wasn't that- much of a dater, actually, mm. or, or a girlfriend person at all when I was a kid because I was just hooked on playing music and 
all, all my friends that had girlfriends, they <laughs> never had time to make anything. Yeah, they, right. they, they liked music, but they, as soon as they got a girlfriend, they were like, yeah. you know, it's like when you're kids in school. Yeah. You just stop doing it. Your life revolves around yeah. someone else all of a sudden. You never see them again until they break up and then you get the phone call or the yes. text. Yeah. Um, so I kind of stayed clear of it for a long time. Just telling myself, just just focus on your music. Also, I was rubbish at, <laughs> at like attracting a mate. Anyway, a mate, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> attracting any kind of female attention. So I just told myself, that's all right. Just focus on your music okay. instead. So I had zero game. So I remember texting Lois uh, on Facebook. I think I knew that she'd just broken up with her boyfriend at the time. So I was like straight in there, like rap drain pipe. <laughs> 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 you remember and, the first um, text? It was, um, uh, are you around for a drink? And then on, and then we were like, sorted out. Yeah, like we'll do that. And um, on the day, I remember I was fitting someone's kitchen that day with my dad and I was loading like just rubble bags into a skip. And I just thought, I'm going to up the ante. And I text again saying, do you want to eat? <laughs> Literally, it was that sentence. Do you want to eat as well? Because I didn't want to come on too strong. But like I said, I had zero game. And then Lois always laughs about it with me because she's like, that's when I knew you were asking me out on a date because she thought it might just be friendly drinks or something mm -mm -mm. like that. And then me like saying, "Not would you like to go for dinner? Because that seemed too <laughs> like, I don't know. Adults. I have no, I can't yeah. explain it. But do you want to eat? <laughs> but, I, but I also think you, you have to get, I think if you don't get tongue-tied around your partner, mm. then they're not the one. Yes. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. can sort of like swagger up to your, you know, your potential girlfriend and just be this perfect version of yourself. Yeah. It ain't, do you know no, what I mean? No, no, it's no, kind no. of, yeah. But I took my, my wife, our first day, we went to Chiquitos, which okay. is a Mexican Another restaurant. Chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, outside uh, Cribs Causeway. And uh, I took my brother as well. So, I love it. Yeah, and if you know my brother, that is a... Uh, <laughs> just a, just three of you? Just the three of us, <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, I, I have no idea why. But that's something that comes back. It's like, why did you bring him? Do you know what I mean? I like, so love that. That's such eat? a brothery thing. But it's like, do you eat? Why? But you obviously... It's like that... Um, that David Gray lyric feels like lightning running through my veins every time I look at you. And it is that thing where you meet someone or you visualise someone so perfect that your brain's like, do we? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> what, what we? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Jesus Christ, you're probably writing songs at yeah. this stage. You're like pouring over but the I lyrics. Remember, I remember every detail. I remember what I wore and it was terrible. What did I remember you wear? wearing these jeans and had zips all over them. Never worn anything like that in my life. Wore a shirt that my mum got me for Christmas that I had. A, like, I just, I didn't have dating attire. I yeah. didn't have it in my arsenal. So I'm looking through my cupboard and there's like, well, it's just Iron Maiden shirts, really, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or I've got this shirt that looks like something someone in a film might wear to a date, so I'll yeah. put that on. Yeah. But I didn't have the jeans to match, so I kind of looked like, I don't know what it was, it was rubbish, though. And did you have the long hair at the time? Yes, I've always had yeah, long okay. hair. So, and the, you presumably you didn't have the beard, or did you have the beard? Uh, no, I don't think I did, actually. Okay. What, uh, any deodorant? Um, are, you, are, we, are we full links, Africa? Yeah, we... I reckon it would have been... I mean, I was definitely out of the phase of, you know, when you go to your first school disco and you put every single thing that smells of anything on, yeah, yeah. you do the whole lot. I was past that point in my life. Yeah, right. So it probably would have been right, right guard. It probably would have been my dad's can of right guard, actually. Yeah, yeah. Bit of guard. Yeah, yeah. Strut. So you, you, oh, gee. You, get, you get to ZZ. Are you there first? Um, no, I go to her flat first. Nice. And then we walk down together. 
Where is the ZZ? What, um, it, what town, what city? It was Colchester. Okay. Colchester ZZ. Yeah, yeah. Is um, there a blue plaque outside there now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> Awfully dressed man take woman on date here. <laughs> and how did the date go? Presumably it went really great. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really lovely. Um, I remember after dinner, we walked to have some drinks uh, at a different bar and we walked past the Yates and I've always been nervous. Jesus, you took walking. her to the sites. Well, no, we didn't go into the Yates. It was a bar. Okay. <laughs> it was a bar after that. But I don't know what how your, I don't know, um, sort of teens were, but walking past Yates for me in any town was always an issue. Right. Because it, I like long hair, you kind of, bit of a grebo basically. And it was always like you kind of... <laughs> You sort of walked, you became very aware of your surroundings all of a sudden because um, you knew some kind of heckle was about to reach your ears. But I'd walk pa- I was walking past with her and I was thinking, just not tonight, not yeah. tonight. Just let me like, let me kind of look great in front of this yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone wolf whistled at both of us because I had long hair and I turned around and, and they just shared, oh, well, yeah, well, I, essentially, yeah, calling me a bird. Okay. <laughs> well, as far as the heckers go, that's not so bad. No, it wasn't bad. It actually made me feel quite sexy yeah, in yeah, a way because yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my really skinny jeans with zips on. So, And then an inexplicably baggy dress shirt Mm-mm-mm. on top. So w- uh, facing that like as a, as a young man, there's real courage in that. To, yeah. to, do you know what I mean? Because you know what it's like when you're sort of 14 to 18 uh, to 20, really, isn't it? Like you, you go through phases when you want to be noticed, and you go through phases where you're like, Jesus, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. anybody notice me? Let me sink into the wall or the floor. Yeah. So how do you sort of know that that you've got to walk past a, uh, as they say in Bristol, a Yates's or a Weatherspoon or something like that? How do you keep going with long hair, sort of big Iron Maiden shirts? How, how do you have the courage not to conform and just be? you know because the quote unquote normal they're such small facets of i mean it's i don't live above a yates or (laughs) or anything like that and no by the way if yates is listening there's no shade being thrown here it's just it would growing up and and to be honest town centers in general weren't like you'd usually get a little bit of sort of grief Mm-hmm. If you were dressed differently, but that's that's nothing new. But it gives you a, a thick skin, yeah. I think. Yeah. But it's it's worth not conforming because the benefit is that you're part of this tribe yeah. of people who love the same things that you do, yeah. and you you feel connected to that. Yeah. And that's what you long for, I think, as a as a kid, especially like if you're in secondary school in your teens or early twenties. Like you're saying, you need to. You don't really have enough life experience yourself, or idea of who you are even at that point you like to think you do mm. but you're still learning and you're still copying and you're mimicking people that you admire your heroes whether they're musicians actors actresses or artists in any way so you wear what they wear mm. you you look back at what those people wore when they were in their teens and mm. like you kind of build up your identity like by osmosis and now i like i feel incredibly like thank god comfortable in my own skin yeah true but and now also you've become with a thick skin, you know. but you've become the kind of lighthouse to the kind of terrified boats that, that are <laughs> that are teenagers. That you kind of go, oh god, there, there you go. He's happy. He's fine. Yeah. He, you know what I mean. He looks how he looks. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. kind of like no kind of shame. It's kind of weird, isn't it? What's amazing, Russell, is the demographic at the the shows is so 
like vast. You'll have literally young kids who've never been to a show before, mm. their parents, and even like their grandparents coming mm. to show. So yesterday we played in Hackney at mm. Earth. And That's I was a lovely with, venue, eh? It's lovely, mm. really cool. And I was with my tour manager and longtime pal, Kaz. Like, he's such a legend. Been friends 10 years, toured together since no one was at the shows. Oh, you know? great. And now we're enjoying like this next um, phase yeah. like as a team. Um, and the promoter said, so what's the demographic tonight? And we were laughing because we we're like, mate, imagine it could be anyone yeah. at the show. People turning up completely on their own, but like whole families coming. So in, in the music world, you can really get hung up on trying to like think that there's a cool demographic and trying to go for them, not realizing that cool is like catching smoke yeah. because it, it's vapid. It, it moves on in an instant. It's yeah. never stagnating. It never stationary rather so um so we've never tried to do that and it's it's about being authentic it's a yeah. brilliant documentary the <clears throat> gary shandling diaries it's called he's a comedian um, american comic and his whole kind of ethos was be more gary mm -hmm. he just kept writing it down you gotta be more gary i just think that is a tip to any kind of artist it's be more sam be more russell whatever you mm -hmm. are you you You've got to dig into what is yeah, it yourself. Yeah, what is your what? What are the the things that you truly love? And if you kind of follow that, it really works. Yeah, because totally. then, then as a consequence, you're not like oh, it's a bit like the Strokes, a bit like that. you're you're sort of whoever you are. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's crucial. I forgot the one we were talking about. We were talking. Oh, it's easy. It's easy. So, can you remember the meal? Was it pizza? Was um, it pasta? I think it was. So I wasn't vegan at this point. It was um, seafood linguine. Oh, yeah. Both had very... the same. Both had a gin and tonic. I think we literally, and we do the same now. We literally we've got the same sort of habits and tastes and noise. And what does she do? If you don't mind me asking, she makes jewellery. Does she? Yeah, yeah. Does she make that? Yes. Holy shit! That's yeah, all yeah. right. That. Yeah, she's does. It's got a real look stuff. of something you'd win if. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was going to say. Like you'd be head of the mermen. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it Wait, so I've got my trident. <laughs> but yeah, it does. Fuck you'd suit a trident. I would pull off a trident actually. Mate. Yeah, imagine being able to launch one of them. There's no better feeling in the world, I bet, than just having a good throwing arm. Um, do you have you ever done axe throwing? Yes. Because of your look, do <clears throat> people go, shit, here we go. He's gonna be good. And yeah, then they, yeah. they quickly realise yeah. I'm not. But my but, mate Kaz, he's he's like he's got a big beard, he's good at axe throwing. He's good at me and him are super competitive, actually. So, and Kaz is the Mario tour manager. Kart. Yeah, Mario Kart, axe throwing, any game. That this That's the beauty of this team, right? Yeah. No matter where we are. And there's a lot of downtime in music. It must be the same in, in the comedy circle. Like, yeah, yeah. There's, people think that it's the same as that hour that they see on stage all the time. Yeah, they realise yeah, yeah. how much downtime and mm. waiting and, and stuff like that there is. So you've got to really, the devil makes uh, work for idle hands. So make sure that you fill it with good, Stupid games, basically. So stupid we're, games of the world forward. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so fun. So you make a game out of anything, like, right, hit that sign over there with this pebble, go. Yep. Like, uh, or orange in the bin. Blow this balloon up quicker than I can. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> and it's, you can do something. Who's the quickest to have a shit? <laughs> yeah. all, all these games. We yeah. were doing one the other day, and I, I was asleep actually through this. I didn't get to join in, missed okay. it, gutted. Yeah. But Buckaroo make a circuit, time. yeah. <laughs> make a circuit, a, a service station right from the bus. You got to run in, get a square of toilet paper, and run back to the bus. And we had we had a leaderboard, and people were coming back with like grazed knees because you had to go through the play area to do it. You yeah. couldn't miss that out. Yeah. So people were getting friction burns. 
Like you see, you see our crew on stage at the minute. People are covered; their arms are covered in like friction burns from doing these races. It's amazing. I, I love all that. I saw mm. a brilliant one on Instagram yesterday. I don't know. I don't know the name of the game, but there was four people: two girls, two boys, and you've got a bottle of water. Throw the bottle in the air; it sort of spins around. Whoever it lands closest to. <coughs> They then pick up one of the four tomatoes and the other three leg it. And that person has to throw the tomato and Great. try and hit them. Great. <laughs> and I, I tell I, you what, I watched that to the end. I know like, me and you, like, I can tell actually that we're quite similar. Okay. I think. Yeah. Like just into complete stupid hijinks, I think. Yeah, I just think... I get that vibe. It's... I was on holiday recently, we invented a game. It's very... It's... Listen, the game is terrible. But the, the, the title of it is Cuntball. But, <laughs> but it's essentially, it was water polo. Why didn't they call that James Bond? Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but, Never would have taken off with it the same. But it was, it was, it was like... Roger water, Moore in, in Cuntball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Da, 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 da. Um, uh, the, um, so basically, it was a bit like water polo and it's two on two. But you also... You could get a point if you scored, but you could also get a point if you said something really nice about the person. Um, so it was like this kind of... So the aim was to kind of throw it, score, and say, you look lovely, <laughs> just trying to get that kind of combo. And um, that was the highlight of the holiday because my brother yeah. scored a goal and turned to my cousin Lee and went, that's how you can't. <laughs> and that became a catchphrase. Yeah. But it is that funny thing, isn't it, where the... I think we, you're probably, your age group was probably the the tail end of that where you, we were lucky enough to spend a lot of time on walls thinking. Yeah, yeah. And, and you I, you sort of wonder now how you would invent those games because how can a, a silly game... Bit where, of Kirby. Yeah. That's what I mean. Kirby yeah. wouldn't exist in the modern no. world because Kirby cannot compete with the internet. No. But do you know what I mean? Knock, knock, ginger can't. Like all those sort of silly little seminal sort of teenage years of just oh let's do that that'll be fun yeah and you sort of don't realize you're running an extension bringing that also to inside outside so like running extension leads through your letterbox put the stereo on play Wembley doubles like while yeah yeah Entrance yeah. is playing or Wembley. something doubles, but like man. Oh. or playing your Nintendo 6 like playing Goldeneye um Golden Cunt yeah. <laughs> I was listening <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do I? Do yeah. I go there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, playing it on the wall and just yeah. I don't know, it was it was magic. And I don't want to sound like one of those like old heads like before my time or anything yeah. like that, because there's so much to be excited about with yeah. with what's going on specifically within the arts. But there was a magic. I think you can not sound and not be cynical, but also really celebrate the era that we grew up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of, that infancy and innocence of the internet where it was just like AOL message boards or, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, and like MSN after school and then, but there being a computer room to yeah. have to sit in to do yeah. it rather than that, this full access and then meeting people and just being outside as much as possible. But then you say on the flip side as well, there's a degree of punk about kind of social media where yeah. anybody can put a thing yep. and it can become a thing. And then in the space of six months, you could be touring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's sort of that nuts thing that if you get your song right. Is that, that must be the same in comedy as well. Because I'm very much like in the echo chamber of music. I'm seeing artists and it happened for me as well in lockdown. You know, like um, some people have just started doing it. Some people have been grafting for years yeah, and years yeah, and yeah. years until they, they have that overnight sort of switch flick. It's exactly the same but, as stand-up yeah. where you kind of... 
someone does something funny, puts a funny video online, and, and all and of a sudden they've got a career. And everyone's like, oh my God, where have you been? Like, well, I've been doing gigs for yeah. 15 years. And you years. weren't there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, it's really funny, man, how you kind of like, um, but particularly for kids now, it must be really exciting because you can kind of go to a show, record your show, mm-hmm. do a little bit, someone sees it, then you might get, you know, and it kind of grows in a different way. So exciting. Listen, what's the next one? We should, yeah. uh, we should yeah, yeah, on. yeah. Um, a sixpence, and um, it's Brian May's sixpence. Oh, wow, specifically that he uses to play guitar. I have one, uh, that he gave me when so I met forgi- him. Forgive my ignorance, is that a, a sixpence as a sixpenny piece? Exactly, yeah, yeah. But instead, so most people would use a plectrum to yeah. play guitar with, but Brian May uses a sixpence, like it's, it helps give him that sound that no one comes close to, you know, no one can mimic. He's, he's built his own guitar. And he plays with a coin, <laughs> you oh know. And and he's also happens to be one of the best guitarists on the planet, you know. But um, so how have you got it? I've had the honor of performing yeah. with Queen, and going around Roger's house to rehearse with oh. Brian and Roger, and then having Brian play on my latest. Yeah, song. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of the song? Fought and Lost. And what does that feel like having Brian May play on your song? given that you were so a hero cool. of his. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I oh, can't... So cool is such a rubbish, tired response, but I I'm struggle to think of something that gives it justice because... Mm. Um, so I'll just paint a picture instead, really. Like, it, when I was, you know, being female repellent as a kid... And <laughs> it's a great, great title yeah. for an autobiography. Um, and like rushing home yeah. from school, yeah. still in my school uniform, putting my guitar on and just practicing to Queen songs and trying to figure out Brian's solos when I was learning guitar. You you have dreams, you're playing in the mirror, looking at yourself, thinking I'll be like in a big famous band one mm. day, sharing music, like the same dreams that sort of are so crucial for kids to have, these yeah. larger than life. Where if an adult had them, they'd be quite, I don't know, egotistical, but kids can have that innocence of like, because they, they need the rocket fuel to break through the atmosphere. You need yeah. that self-belief. So it's like, yeah, just playing in the mirror all the time, thinking, uh, but the dream was I want to be in a band like Queen, Yeah, not I'm going to play with them or yeah. enjoy the experience of sync because that even as a kid seemed too far-fetched and, yeah, yeah. and impossible. But then it happened. So I'm incredibly grateful to the, uh, I don't know, whatever forces are, are mm. at play because there are <laughs> there are absolutely yeah. forces at play. It's It's so crazy, isn't it? And then the fact that you have this, thing that's you even looking at that sixpence yeah mm-hmm. will forever transport you to that mad moment where you're like jesus christ 10 year old me is next to brian may yeah play it cool play it cool exactly. Sam. you know mate and i didn't well, <laughs> because... how could you <laughs> but the, you the, you're right Cup of tea, mr may and, and also like like you're saying earlier in in the chat I, I made a rule for myself when when i started enjoying this next phase of my life i would say like i don't know where people have seen some of my videos or heard my music and therefore you get invited to certain things and and certain doors open I always made a rule never not go up to someone who you're a fan of and mm. say that you're a fan because mm. what we're worried about is people sort of saying oh, so what or making a fool of yourself but that's their energy that's something yeah, you can't yeah, control because yeah. yeah. I'll never not go up to someone and shake their hand or give them most of the time just give them a big hug and be like you're a legend you're yeah. brilliant I love it and sometimes the danger is they look at you and go who the hell are you Yeah. 
but that's fine. It doesn't matter because you got to say thank you for oh, like. And the interesting thing, it doesn't happen that often yeah. because, like you say, whether it's a British thing, everyone is walking around with this kind of bubble of paranoia. Yeah. So you, there was a brilliant story that Chris Evans told me. Um, Paul McCartney had just done TFI Friday, mm-hmm. and they finished the performance. Paul McCartney finished the song, got onto a speedboat, travelled down the Thames with Chris Evans as that bam, 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 banana music was playing. Cameras cut off, end of show. And Paul McCartney from the Beatles turned to Chris Evans and went, they still like me. So it's that funny thing that everyone is carrying this sort of imposter syndrome. Paul McCartney is worried about whether people are going to like him. I mean, geez. And there's something so reassuring about that. Everyone's kind of the same. Everyone kind of loves somebody saying hey man your song's lovely your jokes are great yeah. that, that bit of um painting you did oh that book oh man that tell you yeah it's sort of you know everyone everyone is dying of thirst and when someone says something kind you're like oh thank you yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. if if anything that um tells me that paul in that situation was desperate to put his best work out there or do mm. his, put his best efforts forward so and and um i'd hate for anyone in like position of of having done more than enough for music (laughs) like paul to ever be having to look for validation outside of himself he doesn't need to be doing that but i don't think it's that i think it's just him turning up and doing the best work because he cares about nothing more than than music and Mm -hmm. and just absolutely knocking it out of the park yeah how much better is that than someone um, sort of do. entitled, floating by, like, no, oh, that'd be all right. I get paid yeah. for that. I'll sell sell records. I'm I'm set. Like someone always wanting to kind of create and go forward. And, and Paul is that. He's he's never stagnated or stopped. Yeah, I mean, have you watched the? You must have watched Get Back. No, I haven't seen. You it. haven't seen it? No. Oh my god! So it's nine hours. Oh, hang on. Where they're um they're filmed in the studio just before they no, do. Yeah, I haven't seen this, mate. It's unbelievable. It's like a podcast. It's like hanging out with the Beatles for nine hours and you realise... The dynamic. The dynamics. They're eating toast. They're drinking tea. It's beautiful, honestly. Mm. It's a real win. I'm going to check that out. Mate, honestly, I'm excited for you. And anyone (laughs) listening, if you've not watched it, it's there is a moment where, you know, the um, when they perform Let It Be on the top of the Mm -hmm. records, uh, offices, where one of the guys not in the band, but somebody sort of whispers the suggestion to Paul McCartney and we see Paul McCartney's face light up and go, that's it, that's what we're going to do. And just (laughs) seeing this kind of little seminal moment that we've seen them performing and then seeing the moment that it was just a bloke went, I'll tell you what he did on the roof. (laughs) It it just comes from that. It's just a little bloke going, do on the roof, it'll be all right with it, do you know what I mean? Love it, absolutely love that. I know that you'd like this story from what you've just said there because... When I was at Wembley Stadium, when I, after all this rehearsal, after I got the sixpence and mm. had done that rehearsal with uh, Brian and Roger, which, by the way, is the most old school rehearsal on the face of the earth. Like, I've been in kind of the pop music, I'd say, world for last three years. I know the the spit and polish that's going on in the sheen and kind of the tricks that are pulled and and stuff like that. But it's so cool going to Roger's rehearsal room, trying to get the, the mics to stop feeding back, like you know, all this stuff. And then you run somebody to love twice. And then Roger's just sat on his drums going, well, that'll do, won't it? That'll be fine. And then you go, well, okay, what are we playing? It feels like his response is that because we're playing down, I don't know, the Hope and Anchor 
on Saturday, but we're playing at Wembley Stadium. But they're just they're just kids, man. They're, yeah. they're like they've got that zest still. And um, when we were there sound checking on the stage, you got Dave Grohl, you've got the, the entire like Foo Fighters, you got drummer from the Pretenders, you got Brian May, like everyone's tuning up their guitars. It's like School of Rock, <laughs> but in the epicenter of like the musical mecca that is, you know, uh, that hallowed ground of Wembley uh, Stadium, about to celebrate the life of this bright, hopeful person that was Taylor Hawkins, lost too soon. But everyone's there and it made me realise that Does the that reason- make it even more special when not only do you have the sort of innate wonder of doing Wembley Stadium, that there's a... a, a, a purpose. Sort of, there's a sort of a higher purpose yeah, yeah, behind yeah. it. I think always, all the best gigs have always had some... It's not just music. It's not yeah. just come buy a ticket, buy some T-shirts on the way out mm. and go home. They're ha- like, there's always something more, whether it's Live Aid, whether it's the, the Freddie Memorial like yeah. concert, whether it's it, anything that... Like the, the Manchester show in the last few years, yeah. you know, there's something there that unites people that reminds us that there's darkness in the world, but it doesn't have to be the darkness that you focus on entirely. You can notice it and you can understand it's there. But if you if you fixate on the dark, you forget that there's light making that dark even possible to exist, you know? So yeah, that's man. what music is. This is how important music is. Mm. <laughs> we play it during and after funerals. Yeah. Like, no other art form. Yeah. Is, like, do you know what I mean? Is, is the coffin yeah. kind of go? No one's going, bit stand up. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it... it <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Let's put on, let's put on some Richard Pryor. Like, knock, knock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so... What is music? It's kind of like liquid emotion. It just... Yeah. And nothing makes you travel... You could hear a song like, you know that song, I never thought I'd be a junkie because heroin is so passe. Mm-hmm. Bang, I'm 18, I'm at yeah. Alton College, I kind of remember it. But I guess as a musician, what you have to do is kind of just lock all that out yeah. and just make it for now. Mm-hmm. But it will be forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it catches, it's, this is a song for a wedding. Yeah. This is the a, a song that a kid listens to for the first time. But more than that, it's, it's a song for yourself yeah. knowing that it will belong to you for the moment that you're blessed to be privy to the information yeah of wherever that's coming from because let me tell you it's not it's not coming from you i think that all of us are like tapping in yeah to something yeah. because these ideas come out of seemingly nowhere the ether and you're either like you're tuned into that moment you go and you catch it and write it down or like oh that's a good idea i'm yeah. going to or you you leave it and you often find that that idea will find someone else. You know, I was going to do that, yeah. you know, because it, it the universe has to express itself through something and who else but us, yeah. you know, and just life in general. So you own the song while you're privy to that spark, but then you give it to the world. And then whatever happens there is totally beyond your control. It either gets accepted. It might get accepted in years to come like so many artists whose work wasn't celebrated in their lifetime, yeah. it might might be top 10 for a week yeah. or eight weeks or whatever. But that can't be the reason that you're trying to do it because mm. it's it's totally that that point of the art is beyond you. I love that. You're completely right. And I was sort of like imagining if there is a God, then the idea that they're just whispering, 
Mm-hmm. There's something so funny about the idea of like the, like the white stripes, and he's just like, yeah, and then going right, I've done that. Where's Peter K? Garlic bread. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> Isn't that's a really Oi, lovely Van way? Van Gogh, Van Gogh. Yeah. Chop it off. Yeah. <laughs> Flowers. Like he was probably sick of hearing them. That's yeah, why yeah. he got. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's brilliant. <clears throat> Do you know I went to the Van Gogh Museum? And it was sort of the tail end of COVID and everyone had to wear a mask, which I thought was unbelievable, given that yeah. he couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just felt like, it just felt so wrong that we're yeah. all kind of wearing, you know, we've all got our ears. It just felt vulgar. <laughs> God, that was so interesting. What's the next one? We've got two more. Two more. Uh, I'm looking right. at a green lamp. A green lamp, right. So the the beginning of this phase of my journey where people started actually coming to the gigs <laughs> instead of play, seeing the back wall of the venue mm. um, started in lockdown when I was putting videos up of me singing in my shed. I just went into that shed every single day, picked some of my favourite songs and Russell, I sung them nonstop. Yeah. And in the background, I didn't even realise it at the time, but it was like a green banker's lamp. You know, like the old classic, like antique. Yes, yeah. you sort of see in like American libraries. Exactly, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd got it from one of those uncles that's not actually your uncle. Yeah. Like he just had a bunch of stuff. Tat, he was probably stoked to get rid of. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, give it. I need, I'm, want to have a little studio in my mum and dad's shed. So I'll have those lamps. It was just like, yeah, yeah cacophony of nonsense in that yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. So much <laughs> stuff. So yeah, I, I didn't realise it, but it became kind of like things that others noticed in the in the comments of these videos like i love that lamp or and then it became its own thing and i was like oh and but. so does the lamp remind you of the kind of ignite phase yes. of your kind of career yeah and then you kind of cheesily put sort of these uh this value into it like this and it felt like certain like illumination in my life and yeah. that's so cheddar to say but then you look at this lamp and you're like it's really sweet you know yeah, and not um not realizing at that point where this thing would snowball to, because for me, I was doing it just to, I don't know, like a lot of us were trying to find ways of getting by Mm. at that time. And for me, the only thing I knew how to do was sing. And also I was trying to tackle a side of me that would overthink everything when it came to making art, you know, or, or music. I'd get stuck in, like it for a while, and then end up hating it quite quickly and then throwing it in a bin and never finishing anything, you right. know? I'd try and sit down and enjoy music. I'd always say, I'm a musician and and that, but really I wasn't because I had this standard I was trying to hold myself to, which really is, is you, we were saying like arrogance and shyness are very the same, but I think perfectionism and overthinking is arrogance in disguise. Mm, Thinking mm. that you're able to attain and, and to reach this level of like um, brilliance when you're not even finishing anything. You're not paying homage to the art that you have you know is the spark within you. You're not paying service to it. But I think that's the tricky thing about music because if you can tr- contrast it to stand-up, stand-up is created with an audience, mm. whereas music is created for. Yeah. In terms of you guys, you lock yourself in a room, you know, eat your toast, drink your tea, smoke yeah. your fags whatever it is to get there. No, it's not that. It was all green. No, it was all blue. No, it was all yellow. Whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is. 
but we don't generally see that whereas with a, a stand-up you kind of you, you come on you do a little gig you sort of figure it out a bit more and it kind of grows sort of yeah. with them and they find respond. your timing yeah well and they respond to it so there's mm-hmm. kind of a to and fro whereas with music i guess that's the problem if you have perfectionism because how do you just leave the sculpture alone yeah because you're just when do like, you know when to abandon when's it, it done yeah, yeah. It in, in the so, good sense but particularly when you're you're kind of you're not um famous isn't it? and i want another word for that but you're not I know, I know, you're not at a stage where you can back yourself because you don't really quite know yeah but you sort of know but you're like oh fuck it out. maybe it's this maybe it's that yeah does it get easier knowing that you have people to sing for because presumably that's what makes it hard at the beginning because you're like, what is the thing that is going to crack through and get me into the next yeah, universe? But even then, you, your your intention has to be pure, I think. Like if your your intention is to to sing in front of a crowd, then you have to start asking why yeah. all the time. What's the point like, of this? Why, yeah. why am I doing that? Why do I need to do that? And that's tough mm. because it really starts to illuminate any kind of attitude of showing off, which essentially all of us are. If yeah. we're in the arts, you have to. And and it's fine, actually, to admit. I saw this great video with Jack Black recently, and he was just saying, I'm a show-off. Always have been. Mm. And But I like it, and I know that me showing off, because I, I'm, I'm not doing it in, in a space of arrogance mm. or... Um, selfishness i'm doing it because i enjoy it and i i feel confident that other people are enjoying it as well so there's a an exchange of energy it's not self-serving to him and i think that kind of like the first step is admitting that we're all show-offs you know because otherwise for me it would be fine just to to stay in my shed and sing and in some ways russell like and and touch with because i really do treasure and enjoy my career of playing to venues and experiencing what it's like when there's actually people there yeah. to share. And then getting to, to travel as well. Yeah. Like I saw a clip on your Instagram of some gigs, including a really full-on shot up your up your shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, of in Twi- you're in Switzerland. Yes, it just looked fantastic. But yeah, that amazing. feeling as well to go from the, sh- the your parents' shed. Yeah. To gigging around the world in the space of, what, three, four years? That's, yeah. that's a crazy old journey. And, it was, you know, I think that the, the spark and the, the catalyst of it really was I'd been so focused on perfection for the entire, like, um, time that I'd been into music yeah. that when I just stood in front of that little green lamp and sang straight into my phone mm. and then pressed post, yeah. that's when everything started changing because I wasn't then, I felt like, um, in the past, I could curate my journey. Like, I'll make it by doing this, 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 yes. this. And then the one time I totally let all that go and inevitably probably was the closest to giving up on that dream and being, you know, I'll just sing at weddings for the rest of my life, which was bringing me a lot of joy and and thank God, like, income to pay my bills with. Yeah. So it was blessed in, as a, music, a working musician. That's bonkers. It's so cool. Well, this is the funny thing, isn't it? When you're kind of... I started doing stand-up when I was 18 and I was sort of earning money from it when I was 22, I reckon. Yeah. But enough to kind of pay my rent. And the, the question you always get is like, oh, when are you going to make it? When are you going to make it? And like, yeah. Well, I kind of pay my I rent through yeah. jokes. Yeah. And sort of anything beyond that is kind of a bonus because this is what you want to do, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. So it's just that feeling when um, you can buy a... CD or a sandwich, or you can take your missus to ZZ's yeah. without going. Oh fucking hell! We yeah, I not. need to check everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. it's all through kind of music, it must mm-hmm. be mind blowing. 
Oh, what a beautiful thing to put in. Hello. Uh, it's, it's, this is the awkward moment in it where I flog tickets, but I'm doing a tour in America uh, in October and then uh, some more gigs in the UK in November. They're kind of mostly so. Anyway, if you want to go, and I'd love you to come, uh, you can book tickets by going to russellhoward.com. Right, plug over. Let's have a chat again. Right, what's yeah. next? This next. is the final one. <clears throat> a sheriff star. Okay, is that a euphemism for an this asshole? No. Or... <laughs> 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 it's gonna be, yeah, it's a photo of a colonoscopy that went wrong. Uh, that's got me. Um, this is for um, my granddad. We'd always, before like things really kicked off every Thursday, we'd watch westerns together just at home. Um, so no matter what I was doing, most of my weddings were on the weekends or rarely you'd have something on a Thursday. Mm. So I was always like, right, that day is for me to come and hang out uh, with granddad, put whatever film that he wants, to be honest, on. Mm. So he just introduced me to all the classics, whether it's like Dan Busters or Once Upon a Time in the West or The Longest Day, everything we watched together. And um, I just think I, I wish I could still do it now as often as before but you're kind of like you said you know what it's like you're you're here there and everywhere but yeah. it means that you treasure the time more now that you get to spend but some people don't even get that russell mm. you know like just to do a whole bunch of thursdays with you know your granddad how how much of a gift is that have you uh written a song about that because a song called bunch of thursdays bunch of thursdays if you're looking for like a lyric nice. so you're tuned in you're you're tapped in you heard yeah. the but like a bunch of thursdays yeah that's, quite a nice song, actually. But it, that's where the relationship with your granddad is going to be. Yeah, you, you've got a bunch of Thursdays left. Yeah, so you got to make those Thursdays count. It's really cool, you know. So, how often do you get to see your granddad? As as much as I possibly can. Anytime there's a, a day off, I try and see the family and and get everyone together. And, what's and your I saw granddad? him just a couple of days ago. What's his name? Pat. When did this start? The the films. Well, he's he's always like been just such a constant. Like we are really close. Some people don't see their grandparents a lot because they might live in different yeah. parts of the world but yeah. he's just down the road from where I grew up and have they have your grandparents been to see you is your nan still yeah. with us uh, no 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 I'm, I'm not in touch we're not in touch but um, my uh, my granddad's been to see us at the Hammersmith Apollo he's been to a bunch of gigs and there's a lot of stairs at Hammersmith Apollo so I'm like walking my granddad up making sure before the show yeah, yeah, but yeah. in my jumpsuit yeah. I've got like got this <laughs> Full of glitter and tassels and everything. Yeah. And That's my so granddad great. in his fleece. And we go like, oh, Granddad, I'll get you there, don't worry. Love that. <laughs> There's this lovely, bright-eyed old man just covered in glitter. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the front. It's like, Jesus Christ. Sequins all yeah, over yeah, yeah. his arm. Stuck in his fleece. Um, you know what's really cool about it and what I really treasure is that in a, re in a really loving way, there's an element that he's not impressed. <laughs> Uh, but in, in and I want to articulate this properly because it's pure love, I yeah, think. Yeah. Because that is always like, oh, I heard you on. Never makes a fuss. Never yeah, flaps yeah. about. Like, could the main thing that he wants to know is how you're getting on. Where have you been? Tell me about. He doesn't care about the glitter yeah. of it. With so many people, when when you haven't seen them in a while and you catch up, they're asking questions about things that are kind of like outside of yourself, rather than what's actually at the core of you like mm. how are you doing how's yeah, your yeah. how's your health have you eaten anything fun recently like he's just obsessed with just the the normal and that's what's 
gorgeous. Hey, here's uh-huh. a question. Have you ever been on Saturday Kitchen? No, I've been on Sunday Brunch. Sunday Brunch is good. Which is great fun, aren't they? Those but shows. Saturday Kitchen's in another level. Okay. When you get to do it, and funnily enough, I'm doing it on Saturday, so I'll tell them. Okay. You have probably about four meals cooked by incredible chefs and take your take your granddad okay if he's into food oh mate you should it, see the he puts it away it's bonkers but man. there's plenty of spare i'll tell you how much spare there is going because all the camera crew they've all got cutlery in their back pocket <laughs> mate same as sunday brunch yeah, is, is so right? good yeah it's yeah, so yeah. funny but it, as soon as like they cut to a pre-recorded bit they're like fucking vultures <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah 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 like that it's just the best edward scissorhands yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is so literally get, get your granddad down yeah. there you know, give him give him a fork, get him a spork, so you yeah. can get him before these these Mate, animals. It, it's great. Everywhere we go, it's just like you you don't have to impress my granddad. Just get him a fridge magnet from where you go, oh, and his right? fridge is absolutely heaving. So he loves really. tap. Yeah, loves tap. My family are well into tap. Yeah, yeah. It's just, but that I love that because again, there's no obsession with any of the trappings that yeah, come yeah, with yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. this life um, and this um, career. Everyone's just into the same absolute rubbish, and I love it. I'm like, it's so interesting, like, like when you sort of look at all these things, so a racing car, ZZ, a sixpence, a green lamp, and a share of star. What clearly it shows that you have a real gift for observing the things along the way. Mm-hmm. So rather than putting your girlfriend into the wonder box... You've yeah. put, oh, remember that sort of special little moment? Oh, yeah. It was but, it was either ZZ's or a bottle of Gordon's gin because we'd used to, it's just so skint when we got together. Like we would go on camping holidays because the pitch was like maybe £7 a night or something yeah. like that. But you'd have a blast because down in Cornwall, sat on the seawall, you knew you couldn't afford a gin and tonic. So you bought your own bottle of gin in your pocket, yeah. go into the pub, get two glasses of tonic and then sit on the harbour wall. But you just have a blast doing it, man, because you're just sort of getting by together. You've got dreams in your head of what you want to do. And what is... Knowing that you'll be there together to to see them through, you know? I think that's the point of this podcast. And hopefully it makes people listening and it makes people coming on the show sort of think about those things that mean so much. You look at a racing car, you're at home with your family. You've got shared moments. It takes you back to that childhood. ZZ, you're with your partner. A sixpence, oh my God, my icon has just given me a vital thing that helps me do my art. A green lamp, wow, that is the moment when I decided to let it go. Mm -hmm. And then a sheriff star is the importance of checking in with your normal life yeah. rather than getting carried away with rock and roll. That's the point of yeah. this, isn't it? It's I think like, this all they're all process, not prizes. Hey, right? Exactly, right. man. And it's mm. and it's that's the funny thing, isn't it? Or they're portals back to memories. Yep. That you kind of go, bink. So like every time I look at Alpen, you know, musically, yeah. I I I see my granddad because my granddad used to make um, yeah, muesli my for my nan. For muesli, man. Yeah, but my granddad used to make it for my nan every every day. Do you want your dust? And then kind of pour it to her. <laughs> but again, Sounds it's like a prison or yeah, something. It was. It was like time for your dust, mate. But it was. But he'd be sat there with a fag and they're eating this bloody rubbish. But, <laughs> but the point is, it's those. It's kind of. I don't know, not to get too wanky, but you the as many things that you can notice that then take you back to those sort of pure moments Mate. of like ah oh, that was a day wasn't it yeah or like you know just ah oh, that's the point of this i absolutely love that sam genuinely oh, thank you so much i was really looking forward it. to this yeah same and um 
you've more than delivered. It was fucking great. I really hope everyone at home enjoyed that as much as me. That felt like, it felt like we were allowed to wander around the museum of your mind. Yeah, mate. Thank you to everyone listening for bearing with me waffling on. I really just everyone have loved, loves the loved being involved. It's a real honour. So thank fucking you great. so much. Cheers, Cheers Sam. Mate. Loads Thanks, of love. So that was Sam Ryder's Wonderbox. How cool was that? You can find out more about what Sam's up to. I know he's working on a second album. Uh, I don't know when it's out. I'm sure it'll be great. But you can find out he's on you know, TikTok, Instagram. He's everywhere. That was his Wonderbox. Thank you so much for listening. We'll, uh, we'll have another one next week. Sound good? Sweet.